0: Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast with me Luke. You're listening to Series 5, Episode 4 and you've guessed it, this week has been another really up and down week and I mean that's primarily because I've been having counselling still, I've been having it for the past three months now, I've got three months to go till it runs out and it's just a really exhausting process I think when you're talking about your past and raking back through stuff that you've been through but at the end of the day long term it's it's going to be a real positive and if you are thinking of going down the route of getting counselling and it's not for everybody but try try it give it a go and see if it works for you because I found that it does really work for me my week's been an odd one this week because I've been away from home for about half the week with work and on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday I was in London for two days and then Birmingham for the day. At London it was my works um, conference so there was about 200 people there from my, my region of work and I presented to a small group of people, well small group, 30, 35-ish people for an hour about mental health and it was the first time that I've done that sort of presentation in front of people that I know, and it's really nerve-wracking for me, but it was so good. It had such a good response, and so many people benefited from it, I think, because I had such good feedback at the end of the session. So I think with stuff like that, I wouldn't have even thought of doing it in the past, but now I'm all for spreading the word, even if it means standing up in front of a room full of people and talking about your experiences and how you've suffered with mental illness and and ways that they can cope if if they're, if they're going through the same sort of thing so that was really positive alongside that i've also been doing my running did a 14 mile run this week and a, an outdoor swim they keep me sane so yeah they're still my coping mechanisms um even though they're very tiring but they just keep me quite level um what I've learned from this week is or for the past couple of weeks really is that life's very tough at the moment for me, but it's really important to take each day as it comes, because one day you could be feeling absolutely fine, the next you could be in a really bad place. And I think what what the last week has shown me, particularly when I was sort of worrying about that presentation I was doing, after I'd done it, it felt like such a good thing it felt like I'd done um, something to really really help people so it was great um, I'm really looking forward to next weekend um, I feel like I've not really had a break in a little while to be honest so I'm going down to see my sister she lives near the sea I'm going down to see her for a couple of days for a for a long weekend I've not seen her since before Christmas so it'd be really nice to see her and her partner um, so yeah really looking forward to that on the Stress Sessions podcast this week, I've got a great guest. He used to be in The Only Way Is Essex with his sister, well, sisters, Chloe and Demi. It's the one and only Charlie Sims. And Charlie, alongside his sisters, have got a new series coming out called House of Sims next month. And the way that I thought that it was going to be portrayed was like the Kardashians, and it's not, it's not like that at all. And it's basically Charlie and his family moving over to the states and and seeing how they can kind of cut life over there. So it was really good to talk to him about that. But it was also great to speak to him about his own personal life because I don't think he's ever really spoken about it before. And he he was a lot different to what I thought it was going to be like compared to when he was on the Only Way is Essex. So. He opens up about TOWIE, men's mental health, coping mechanisms, his therapy that he's had and, well, going back into the world of reality TV. So it's, it's a great chat. I won't go on for any longer. Here is The Stress Sessions with Charlie Sims. Welcome to the Stress Sessions, Charlie Sims. Nice to see you, mate. Thanks for having me, Luke. I appreciate it. And for people that are listening to this that might not know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and like what you do and yeah, anything you want to say, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm Charlie Sims. For the people who don't know me, um, I'm currently a sports and media agent. I have my own agency called The Huge Project. Um, we negotiate contracts for athletes, entertainers and productions. Um, and then for people who might know me, I've been on a reality TV series called The Only Way Is Essex previously, um, and I'm currently in the process of starring in a brand new reality TV series called The House of Sims, which is going to launch in the next few months. So, been been busy busy boy over the last few years.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot on the go there. But yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll get onto like the you about the house of simpsons and, and kind of what you do now a little bit later but the, the first thing that i'm going to ask you is what is the one song that puts you in a really happy positive mood
1: oh you know this is a really good question because um, there is one song but it's just left my mind and all, I, whenever i think about being in a good mood or whenever i've been quite down um this song tends to come on for some reason um, I'm going to try and sing it to you because I feel like you might actually know it. It goes. Um... Oh, shit. I'm going to have to find it because I, this, <laughs> no, I, just give me a minute to find it. Because honestly, whenever this song comes on, it was a 90s song. And um, every time it comes on, I know all the lyrics to it. Right, we're doing a deep search now. <laughs> and then when I'm. Yeah, that was it. The New Radicals, they were called.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you new, mean, yeah.
1: The New Radicals, yeah, they they had a few, like, they had a few tunes, but the big one is you get what you give. Yes. Yeah. Don't, no, 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 no. yeah, that one. Love that song.
0: That is a tune. Yeah, I'll play it for you in a bit, because that really gets me back. Like... Because, that, that yeah, they did do a, com- I had a bit of a comeback recently, didn't they? Because I've, I've seen, like, them gigging in some places in the UK, um, yeah. like, really, really small venues as well well he's quite old now Greg Alexander like he when he when that song came out he was probably
1: about 20. So you know we were probably really young when that when that song came out but it's just been a song that every now and then it'll just pop up on the radio and um, one of the one of the reasons why I really love that song and I've heard it for years and years and years but I was in Dubai about two or three years ago like it was it was COVID era at the time and we weren't really sure what COVID was at the time. You know, it was kind of going around, people didn't really know what was going on. You know, was it going to be dangerous? Was it just going to be a bit of a, a, bit of a thing, you know, that people got worried about and then it kind of went. So, you know, we was all in a bit uncertain times and um, it was everywhere on the news. I was in Dubai and I was actually considering maybe moving there at this point, point um, hmm. we standing in a, in a really nice hotel and the hotel was just dead. Like, there was no one there because everybody kind of just went home and um you know my parents were kind of saying to me you know we don't know what this is it sounds like i think you should come home and i was like you know i should but i'm just i'm always scared to go home because i don't really know what it's going to be when i get home and i'm kind of enjoying myself here you know i've kind of got the hotel my, to myself and i'm being careful i'm doing everything right what they was telling me on the news but every single day this song would just come on every day and then you know it was like you only get what you give out of life and i kind of like that so that was kind of why i I named it my favorite song but i haven't listened to it for a while so i'm going to put it back on after this
0: you left the only way is essex in i think it's 2015 um and you're, you're in your early 20s so you're still sort of growing up and like learning your feet and sort of learned about life i guess what was it like initially doing reality tv and was it quite daunting would you say um
1: well my family were on the show a good probably couple of years before me my big sister chloe she was an original cast member and then joey essex is my cousin so they were kind of on it before me and they were doing really well and i was in close quarters really i could kind of see how how it was going how they were dealing with it you know but i hadn't really been on set before so it wasn't it didn't feel unusual to me by the time i actually got onto set but it just it probably just felt a little bit like at that time in my life and referring back to you said when i was young you know i didn't really know who i was at that time in my life and i was trying to kind of find myself a little bit so um, I think I, that was always the biggest struggle for me. Um, and I think the show itself, you know, the way it is, the characters that are in the show, um, it brings a lot of different um, environments, different aspects, different feelings and emotions that you wouldn't usually feel in everyday life. So um, it was it was difficult to handle as a young person, I think. And I think if anything, I was probably too young to be in the show. Um, and I think now, even Towie now, today, there's a lot of young people in that show. And, and I, I would relate to them in I'm watching the way they behave and the things that they say. And I'm like, you know, give it a few years and you probably wouldn't behave or say those sort of things or act in that way or fall out with that person. or, So, you know, I think if anything, I was just probably too young for, for the concept of that show.
0: Because you're putting situations that are quite difficult, aren't you? I suppose, like, because like, there's like argumentative situations. There's like your, your whole sort of like your life's out there, isn't it? And your like love life, your your like you said, your family. Like, did you find that quite difficult? Is it? Was it? Was it just quite normal?
1: That's difficult anyway to do because we just shot the new show house of sims which we'll probably get onto later and i'm a lot older now so i know how i know what to do and i know how to deal with it but still it's still quite intrusive and it's still magnified to to a point where it wouldn't usually and i mean the show hasn't even come out yet but i
0: know how that felt again filming that way and what was it kind of like in outside the show at the time because like you said it must have been quite difficult being put in those situations but did you did you just sort of like behave like a normal like 20 year old like at the time or did you was there anything that sort of like changed when, when they're showing you like oh, i need to start doing this to sort of like chill out or anything like that
1: well i went from a very structured job i had uh i had like a really good job i was a broker in finance i um, worked in london <clears throat> which is what i always wanted to do um, at that age and that job kind of gave me really good structure in terms of I knew what time I had to get up in the morning, I knew what time I had to be on the train, I had to go to work, what I had to do to be good at that job, what time I had to come home and then start again tomorrow. I think a lot of people have that in their lives and really that got taken away from me when I joined the show because all of a sudden I lost the structure and then when you're not filming the show um, you you kind of lose yourself a little bit and you lose your identity which is a big thing that I've learned over the years and I didn't really know who i was didn't really know what i was doing for a living i knew that i was a cast member in the show but what did i do what else do i do with my time so i kind of lost that a bit um and i think as a 20 year old 21 year old you you just want to hang around with your mates go out for beer you know just kind of do the normal things which i was used to doing up to that point But what happened was I went on the show, ended up becoming a big character in a short amount of time. And then you start becoming popular, especially in in that area Essex, which is where the show was filmed. And then, you know, around the country really, um, and I start start getting paid to do club appearances, meet people, um, go to events, red carpet events. Um, All of a sudden the places that I was used to dining out in Essex, you know, were kind of giving it to me for free because I was on a show and they wanted me to be in there and kind of be seen in there. So it kind of changed for me a little bit and think almost things almost fast forwarded, you know, it was almost like being given, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of money at that time in my life, but it was almost as if somebody did because you was kind of getting everything for free. So Hmm. that was kind of how it felt. Um, and then all of a sudden what happens is, um, that starts to fade away. And then it's kind of kind of dealing with that that process of no one really you know knows you anymore. You don't really have that kind of pull anymore. No one wants to give you stuff for free anymore. No one wants to pay you to come here anymore. So you you kind of have to go through that process as well, which is very difficult. And we've seen a lot over the last few years of reality TV stars dealing with it quite you know badly. And I I, I can relate I can relate to these people.
0: Uh, how did you deal with it personally? Well, I think the, the biggest difference
1: probably be between myself and, and and other people going through it was I was quite happy to step away, and I was I took myself out of that position, whereas a lot of people don't. They kind of get shunned out, or it's just you've had your time, and reality is a short career, and it's just time for the next one. And I'm probably referring to people like Love Island and Big Brother and stuff like that. You know, um, I'm a celeb. So, you know, it's kind of like with me, I just got to a point in the show where I didn't want to be in it anymore. And I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. It wasn't making me feel good. I, you know, I wasn't feeling like my personal life was in a good place. My professional life wasn't in a good place. And the only way that I could really see myself moving forward from that was just to remove myself from this environment um, and in particularly some people. So that's what I had to do. And I just came to the conclusion that if I was going to do that, these are the consequences. And I knew what I was going to face up to. And I think a lot of people today, they don't want to lose that. You know, fame, fame can be a bit of an addiction. You know, it's it's very addictive. Um, people just kind of giving you a lot of attention things for free. Um, social media in particular is a lot bigger now than what it was back then. So, people don't really want to give it up and they start going to all sorts of lows really to try and try and remain there keep there try and find a way back but for me i just kind of took it on the chin i knew what was what was going to come with leaving the show and that was it and i just decided to get on with my life and and, and think about the next chap, the next step and that was for me building the business and kind of going again really and kind of picking up you know what was i going to do with my life
0: did it sort of feel like you so you you made that jump from being a broker and then went into totality and then you essentially went back because you, you started your own business and, and built and have built your own career from there. But did it kind of feel like you're going back into the real world again? And did, did that come with the same sort of like I guess it must be quite daunting going into that environment because you're like, shit, I've got to start essentially start again, haven't you? And like I mean, you've done like amazingly well for like where you are now and like what you, what you have built, But did, did you initially think that was quite like a daunting thing?
1: Yeah. And I think probably during that period of time, I dealt with anxiety and stress more than I've ever dealt with. And I think we've all, we all, we all work, work with anxiety and stress on a daily basis up to some sort of level. But, you know, as a broker and when I was in that, you know, in that job, it was a high powered job. And I needed to be a high performer in that job, um, so I, I felt probably my first levels of anxiety there. You know, going from school to trying to get a job, and then getting a job like that where people were just queuing up for, that was kind of like the first bit of pressure I felt because I felt like I was out of my depth, and that isn't really a good feel, good a good feeling, you know, when you don't when you have a low self esteem. So I felt like that during that period, but I managed to get through that. Got into the show again, felt like this enormous um self anxiety was coming on a lot of the time mainly when the show was coming out not during the filming just when the show was coming out because again i was kind of bought into this public perception people's opinions what are they going to think you know we had no control over the editor either by the way so it was kind of like oh well wow. uh, you could say and do things and then it could be very differently shown on screen so it was always like every week you know what's this going to be like Is i kind of remember that scene but how is it going to look you know i remember saying this but i don't know if i should have said that And that was kind of the thoughts and the feelings that you were having during that process and then you know leaving leaving the show which is probably the biggest one of the biggest things that i've had to do in my life because i was giving up a lot at that time and you know when you talk about anxiety and stress well one of the ways to really deal with anxiety and stress is to 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 build a comfortable environment for yourself and structure for yourself and i had a job which was being a cast member show which paid me financially which paid my bills so that was that was fine you know i had a relationship at the time that broken down so i had that comfort that kind of comfort had gone i was arguing with family members at the time that kind of family unit had broken down um, my friends were in the show that I decided that actually I needed to part ways with, you know, that my friendship groups had gone. I was leaving fame behind. I was probably leaving any potential earnings um, behind. And, you know, there was a lot on the line for me. I gave up a lot to leave that show. So, and had I'd stayed on there, you know, my life may, might have been very differently today. But I knew that it was going to be a hard period of time. And I knew that what I was going to have to do was to kind of find, and regain a lot of the things that I wanted from that in a different avenue and that's what I did you know I decided that I wanted to open my own business I wanted to be respected in my industry I wanted to earn enough money that I felt comfortable that all all, everything that I wanted was covered I wanted you know new friends and to be in new environments people with like like like-minded ways so you know all of those things I was really searching for again and I just felt like I'd come from a place where I was really lost. You know, I, I'll go back to having no structure, and I was really lost. I didn't really know what I was doing with my days. I didn't really know who I was. To kind of sitting myself down and saying, "Right, things need to change. This is who you, who you've decided you want to be. So now you have to go on and do it." And that was kind of really the process of that.
0: It and it seems like like I said, like you've you've built like a really successful career now, and like you. Like well known in your industry but it's it seems like i i, I mean i could sort of relate to that because i i need structure in my life and it seems like you do too and leaving a reality TV program to then go and work in like your, your own company and and be your own boss like you can put structure in place when you do that and it seems like i don't know like did you do you think you're a happier person now than what you were when when you were on the show Oh, definitely. Like, definitely happier now.
1: But, you know, the show was more of a. I didn't really know what I wanted at that period in my life. And I was kind of looking around me. And, like I said, I had family members and stuff in it. And I felt like maybe I was in a job where, although it was a good job being a broker, I just felt like it was a hard earned job. And I was watching people around me actually making easy money doing something that looked particularly easy. So actually I followed that route and I'd probably took the easier route than the harder route but the actually the you know the facts were that I was capable of doing something harder and 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 doing something you know more mentally stimulating than that and I think that was the biggest problem for me. Um, and actually it's one of the biggest problems for me today, you know i've started i started my own business years ago and i built this business into what it is but still today every probably few days i'll wake up and because i work for myself and i've got an external team that work from home but i work from home too and that in itself can be very it can be it, it can be very unstructured you know you can you get the freedom of waking up when you want starting work when you want making calls, doing things when you want in on your own time. But actually you can get caught in a bubble, especially if you're having a bad day where that bad day can then go on for two days. It can then go on for a week or for however long. So you have to, you have to snap out of it. You have to find out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And I have had to put a structure in and especially since my move to LA, you know, I moved to somewhere completely different. I have, I have no contacts here. I don't, I really don't have any relationships. I can't just go and meet people like I used to back in in the UK. Um, I can't just make calls like I used to back in the UK because I'm on a different time zone. So I had to put a really big structure in place for me personally to make this work. And I'm doing that every day. And I feel the pressure of that as well. You know, even though I know I'm doing things right, still feel, i still put pressure on myself to do that every day because i'm just always worried about slipping into that zone of not really having any structure and not really feeling certain about the things that i'm doing um not feeling comfortable about that so yeah structure is a big thing for me and i didn't have any back then and i've had to battle with it all the way through and again another big problem that i've had in my career that i've learned over time is that actually I'm not very good at working for people in a a job. And I think maybe this is one of the reasons why I left left Broken. I enjoyed the environment. I enjoyed the people I worked with. But ultimately, I weren't working for myself. And I wanted to be my own boss. But I didn't really get that with the show at the time. And then when I came out of the show, I actually opened up my agency, first agency. I probably had that for about 18 months. And then I went and worked for a big sports agency who gave me a job there. And I worked there for four or five years. And even though I had a really good job there, again, enjoyed the people that I worked with, uh, was backed by a big brand. I couldn't stand working for somebody. I just don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just taking instructions. I just don't know if my, maybe my voice wasn't being heard as much as I wanted it to be. If I couldn't be as creative as I wanted to be, it just didn't work for me. And after four or five years, I was like, I need to get out of this and I need to do something for myself. And I know that's going to be hard. And I know potentially it might not work. There's always that risk. But I've got to do what I feel like makes me happy. And actually, I'm far better working for myself than I am for anybody else. And I do double the hours. So I don't know. That's just the way I'm built. You know, some people might find it mentally better to go and work for somebody else, take the pressure off themselves, have a nine-to-five job. And I don't have any problems with anybody that that does that I've thought about that many times in, in my career you know shall I just you know wrap this up and go and get a job for something it'd be a lot easier. Um, but actually I've just kind of structured it now where I've got myself in a good place with things and it, this is working for me and, it, and it, you know I've, I've done pretty well to get to this point.
0: And is, is there anything that you do outside of work that kind of helps keep you mentally stable? Is it like, cause you, you like routine, like in some aspects, is there anything you do? Like do you play sport or do you like, I don't know, do anything that helps you? I mean, I d-
1: dabble with the gym. Everybody says the gym a great way of dealing with anxiety and uncertainty, especially depression, if you get that. But, um, I dabble with it i haven't haven't i had a really good stint when we were shooting for the show and i was training almost every day for like months and then and i was eating healthy i think eating healthy is a really big part of it as well um and when i say eating healthy i just mean balanced and i actually read a book called um, ikigai i don't know if you've ever read this book called ikigai no i know if you haven't you should check it out um it's about japanese culture and a journalist goes into um Kind of what's been recorded in terms of life expectancy, um, the longest life expectancy place in Japan. And he goes there and he figures out, you know, what are these people doing? And ultimately, they all seem fairly happy, happy and competent with their lives. And the reason why they are is because they put certain structures in place. Um, the Japanese diet, especially, is um, super balanced diet, you know, fish, rice, um, green tea. With every meal i started doing that quite a lot um and i still implement that into my diet today you know i change i change fish for chicken sometimes but i eat a lot of rice white rice a lot of green vegetables spinach broccoli um brussels now that i'm living in the us for some reason they're crazy about brussels but i do a lot of brussels um a lot of salmon a lot of white fish sea bass and then i use the asian sauces that they use whether it be soy sauce or whatever you know just all sorts of different things Um, and i have that for lunch and dinner Um, so i try and keep it balanced Um, and green tea or i actually drink peppermint tea a lot because it's good for digestion Um, and i drink pots of it as well so that for me since i've been doing that has been a lot better for me don't get me wrong i still go out and have the odd takeaway every now and then and go out for dinner everybody should because that's again part of balance but i'd say five days out of the week i try and do that um and that that helps probably just as much uh, mentally as it does physically for me um and then again like dabbling with the gym i haven't been for a while now since i've done this move here because i've been putting a lot of energy into just trying to make this work but i was training a lot before i got to got to la so i would and it's on my it's on my short list of things to do to join the gym here and kind of get back into that routine but if i'm not training then i'm trying to get out and um just get some fresh air walk my dogs Um, and i've been fortunate enough since moving here that we live near the beach so i've kind of been doing that every day um and then other things like i'm really again like i've always been in and out of doing this but reading books has been a big thing for me and I started reading books When I came out of the shell actually kind of read a lot about business books self-help improvement books stuff like that and since that point on I've always been kind of dabbling in out books, but since I've moved to LA I've kind of made it a thing that I'm reading again. I'm trying to make time for reading um, So I'd say probably reading um, and just trying to eat healthy trying to get out every day and get fresh air probably keeps me quite structured and probably one of the most important things that i I do i try to make time to do is to spend time with my family um and socialize with them as a priority every day because when you're running your own business you can get very caught up with sitting in this chair every day for 12 14 hours a day very easily if you're dedicated and passionate about what you do so it's just about having the right people around you my fiance is amazing she she knows when I'm overworking. She knows when I need a break, so she'll come in and say to me, "You need to eat now. You need to have lunch. Like it's been too long, or you need a drink, or like, come on, let's wrap this up. Give yourself a, a, a timeline and wrap this up." Again, she introduced me to this diary recently, which is like, a, I've always had. Like, you know, we always make make notes and try and work off things to do today, like a to do list, and I've done that for years. But she gave me a really structured diary for hour, hour to hour day to day week to week month to month and since i've been using that i've actually been a lot better so yeah there's a few things i do really just to kind of keep myself
0: structured they're all really good things because they're, they're they're kind of like the, the going outside and just going for a walk and like reading and eating healthy they're, they're all things that like anybody can implement so they're, they're really good ones and um, they're not like playing doing like cry or anything like that. <laughs> but no So no,
1: no, even but even the book thing, you know, I had this thing where I was like I have to read a book about business every time. And I've read so many. Like I, you know, and it's probably helped me to a certain degree get where I am. But now I'm like, why am I just reading about this one topic? Like why don't I just read about whatever I feel like I want to read about? And I'm not really into um into fiction. So like, you know, I, I like reading about real things, real stories. Um so I've started picking up books that I feel like mm. are quite creative. Um and things that really kind of get me going and that I can implement into my work, but are just a little bit more normal and like everyday sort of stuff. So I've started doing a bit more of that to be honest. But yeah, everything I've just noted isn't it isn't anything new that nobody, you know, nobody would have never heard of. But it's actually just putting these things in place like reading a book i don't care what anybody says can be difficult to fit into your day sometimes and i know we all say we've got 24 hours in a day and all of this sort of stuff but yeah 20 to 30 minutes of actually stimulating your brain doesn't you know isn't as easy as flicking on social media you know like it's far easier sometimes i talk myself out of reading a book because i'm too busy doing it doing social media so you know these things are not unheard of but they're just things that you have to put in every day so you know eating healthier i do like a i do a weekly shop now whereas before i was kind of doing it on a daily basis to kind of get me out of the house you know i won't go and get my shopping on a weekly basis i'll just go every day and get my my food for lunch and dinner today but actually all that was doing was it was just tempting me to buy and shit. so I just tend to do it on a weekly basis now on a Monday, I just go bang, get the five days done and then whatever happens on the weekend, you know, whether I eat out or get a takeaway, that's fine. But I make sure that that's in place. I make sure that my dogs get walked every day. And now I'm with my fiance when we do that, so we can have a normal conversation about life, you know, about her day as well. And she can ask questions about my day. And just kind of spending time together. So, yeah, nothing that nobody's ever heard of before. But it's actually just making time to do that. And I think since I've been making the time consciously to do that,
0: I've been feeling a lot better. It's funny, as you say, like you, sort of, like you said with the reading. It you, when you when you have to make time to do stuff that seems so simple, it seems mental. But you really do have to put that time aside to to actually do it. And I think that's like half the battle innit? it when. you're trying to, like, clear your head or, like, get away from work and just chill out. Half the battle is making the time to do that, to put that routine in place or, like you said, like, your your fiancé gave you, like, a schedule thing and and that really helped you. Doing stuff like that is really hard, but once you put it in place, it becomes so much easier. Yeah, and, you know, not just the reading thing, but we all know
1: going into the gym is good for you. But... We talk ourselves out of it sometimes. Like my, you know, and it, and I've never done a gym session that's ever made me feel bad afterwards. I've never come out of the gym and said, oh, I really wish I didn't do that today. Or, "Oh, you know, I've eaten a healthy meal, I really wished I didn't eat that healthy meal because i feel terrible now. Like nobody's ever actually said that. But we psychologically just have this thing in us that just doesn't want to do, just doesn't want to do certain things for whatever reason. You know, it's not... It's not tempting to us to eat sea bass and white rice and broccoli. Like it just isn't. But when you eat it, you know, it fills you up, it does the job. And ultimately, you don't think about eating crap food. When you go to the gym, whether it be 30 minutes or two hours, some people like to do a long stint in the gym. Some people love going to the gym. It, I'm not one of them people, to be honest. But some people love going to the gym for two hours at a time every day. I can't stand it. But I still, when I go there, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour, I still don't come out feeling bad about it. So I just want to, I want to, you know, just keep making time for things, structuring my days properly. Um, and the better I am at doing that, the better I am at doing that, the better I perform, to be honest, all round.
0: You're obviously in LA now, and it's very, I guess it's very different to, to being in the UK. and. I've I've had a few uh, Americans on, on the show and when I've spoke to them the, the perception of mental health in America is so different to what it is in the UK. Like for instance, the there's this I, I still I, I don't know, it's probably got better over the last couple of years, but it's always a stereotype about like going to get counselling or um like seeing a therapist or something like that in the UK. Whereas in America it's just part of it seems everyday life have you kind of seen any of that so far since you've been there or is it have you not really touched on that um
1: hasn't really been anything that seems unusual to anybody you know it's i think we're all aware of how the americans operate because we find it very you know we're we're very culturally different in terms of mental mental health but we are starting to become more acceptable in terms of going to A therapist or um, psychologist or even having a motivation mentor I think that's becoming a big thing Um, and I I don't I've always been a big believer in, in that as well so I haven't really experienced it too much since I've been here but I've always been a big believer in what I've you know I've been to therapy I've had psychologists I've had therapists so and I had those mainly during periods of my life where I didn't I didn't feel very good or I felt like I needed help getting out of the hole. But I think one of the biggest things I learned during that period was therapy. And this is, I think, how the Americans perceive it. Therapy isn't for just the bad times. Therapy is for the good times too. And it actually should be a consistent thing. And that's why the Americans are known more, more for seeing people on a weekly um, or monthly basis. And I think we're just very used to seeing therapists at a time where you've absolutely got nowhere else to turn to. And it's the absolute bottom of the barrel. And they're the only people that can get you out of it. But actually that isn't true. They're there to help put, again, structures and um, and implement a process for you that will help you throughout the good days, just as well as the bad days. So I've always been a big believer in that. Um, and, you know, therapy is, is expensive you know i'm not gonna lie you know around therapy at the time that i was doing it was anywhere from 60 to 150 pounds per session so i can understand why people might turn around and say well it's not actually affordable for all of us and it isn't but there are other ways um of getting some sort of therapy um and actually a lot of the things that I've we just spoke about there those structures in place there will be some of the first things that they'll say what are you eating on a day-to-day basis How active are you on a day-to-day basis? How are you stimulating your brain on a day-to-day basis? Because a lot of people will be eating shit food. Um, They won't be feeling good about themselves. They won't be out going out. They'll be depressed at home. They don't want to go outside. Um, They won't be mentally stimulating themselves. They'll just be on social media. That also doesn't make you feel good. Um, So, you know, all of these things I've learned through therapy sessions and and really reading about self-help and, and and self-improvement, and I think that's a big way, a uh, more cost-effective way that you can do things. You buy books on the subject. If you really are feeling anxious and you want to learn more about anxiety, then go and research about it because it's there. And again, the internet is free as well. YouTube is another really good way of um, connecting with people, uh, watching things, you know, learning things, educationally, visually, educate uh, educating yourself. You know, I was a big. Tony Robbins fan back in that period of my life you know Tony Robbins is an OG when it comes to self-improvement but I felt like I connected with a lot of the things that he said I watched him help people and I felt like if I could implement some of those things into my life they would help me too and that kind of got me out of the therapy and that kind of got me into being more uh, more on a daily basis but more cost effective so there are things that you can do and I think actually one of the things that I've got more later, in, more later later, on, especially when I was doing this show. Um, I was running this business and I realized actually I wanted to be performing at a high level and everybody has really bad days. It doesn't matter who you are. So how am I going to get through those bad days rather than trying to avoid them because it's impossible to avoid them? How am I just gonna get through them? So um, I actually got went and got myself um, a mindset coach who isn't a psychologist or a therapist um, they don't try and clinically help you out of the situation they just try and understand you a bit more and try and understand what gets you going and what triggers you into those bad places so i go in and got a, uh, a mindset coach called greg mehan who has um, a company called rise mindset um, and you can check him out on instagram or on his website and he is a very cost effective way of doing this as well Um, And he's just somebody who has studied and researched um, the mind and high performing, especially over the last probably decade. Um, And he works with anybody from business, entrepreneurs, regular day to day people all the way through to professional athletes. So I found that really beneficial Um, and that was a bit more cost effective. And I did that in short stints as well. I did a few weeks here, come off, did another few weeks, come off, and I think that will probably be something that I will do throughout the rest of my working career, especially, um, because it helps me, again, put structures in place, understand triggers, understand when things are happening, this is why they're making me feel like that, this is why anxiety is kicking in, this is why I'm getting angry or frustrated, so that that really helped helps with the day-to-day stuff if you're not in a clinically depressed or extreme
0: anxiety condition if you like i suppose as well that might even help you with with your kind of like i don't, don't know how to put it kind of like with with your business it will help you understand the people that you work with like the pro athletes and other like clients that you've got because you'll kind of understand how their mind works a little bit through doing that coaching. Pro athletes are extremely
1: complicated people, extremely complicated. Most of the time it's because they've been given a talent and ultimately they work hard as well. Like their, their job is very structured. You know, they have to be at at, the gym at a certain time or at training at a certain time. They have to play a game at a certain time or they have a, let's just say, a boxing fight scheduled for a certain time. So they do have the structure in place but just their minds can be very complicated. And I've dealt with all sorts of different athletes, some extremely confident, some extremely insecure, you know, and I think that kind of can trigger certain things, how they feel, how they do business, how they train that day. So athletes are... Are really interesting people when you dig deeper than the actual sport that they play and I think that's what actually intrigues me about athletes more than just the sport I like to get to know the people I understand that they're talented but how do they better that talent so all of these things when I'm talking to an athlete that's what I like to hear but mainly my relationship with them is to do business so I operate more across their contracts and negotiations and even that I can see I can see how they operate, you know, um, from a mental standpoint, but yeah, very complicated people, but I've worked with People in the entertainment industry that are very similar, you know They're just given a talent where they can just do things and perform the way that they do. I've worked with in finance where People can just crunch numbers extremely quickly and they're almost geniuses in terms of like how they'll make an approach on the trade so I've worked with a lot of high-performing individuals across their respective industries and they all do carry the same things and actually do carry the same problems as well and issues that that most people face so i think today again going back to like how acceptable we're becoming as a as a nation i think you know a lot of the athletes that i'm working with now they are, do have mindset coaches that that i referred to you know greg from earlier greg actually works with a lot of athletes that i work with that I work with too so um, you know that's becoming more acceptable whereas before that used to just be seen as a weakness especially in sport where you're competing against somebody and especially a combat sport which is what I operate in mostly you know boxing nobody should have a mental weakness well actually it's a mental strength that they're trying to they're trying to do you know trying to work on their mind just as much as they are physically with their body so yeah, we're definitely becoming more, more acceptable. And I think it's only a positive thing, to be honest with you. I'd like to see more people do it. And I'd actually like, I think people are doing it, but I'd like to see more people speak out about it. That's how I feel about, about that.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's it's like, just, just like us having this conversation. Now we're talking about stuff, like you're, you're being really open. Like i I've, I've been pretty open. Well, I've, I've put my whole life out there on Instagram, but I think, life is a lot easier when you are that open because it sort of like it gets rid of that stigma um i feel like people look up to you in in, in a positive way because you've you've kind of like gone out and been like oh, I've, I've suffered with mental illness and for all that um but then it gets other people talking and it's just like even having this sort of conversation on the back of it people listening will go oh do you know what like i can relate to some of the stuff that charlie's talking about." So. I'm going to speak to somebody about it. And that's a really positive thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think the reason why I'm quite open, again, talking about it, I'm really, I'm being quite vulnerable when I talk about this, you know. I think that's, that's, the part, that's the part that people don't want to give away, the vulnerability part. Everybody feels at some point the same, but it's how we express it and how we show it. And I think if you could kind of get over the part of feeling vulnerable, you know, I'm a big believer in, especially with men in particularly, that we don't talk enough. You know, we've got this kind of pride, uh, ego thing of being a man, especially a fa- if you've got a family, you're the man of the house, you're the provider or whatever your situation is, you feel like you can't talk about it. And I think that's a real shame because there are a lot of people in your position, you know, that would like to hear how you feel and probably relate to it. And I think I've always been a big believer in. There, you know, there are a lot of men taking their lives committing suicide for things that could be spoken about and could be, you know, changed very differently if we had just reached out or just been a bit more vocal or just been a bit more vulnerable in ourselves. Um, and I've always been a supporter of that. So if somebody looks at my life on Instagram and thinks that I'm having it pretty good because I'm living in LA and I've got a successful business and materialistically I've got a lot of good things around me. Trust me, I had bad days too, you know, and a lot of people do, a lot of professional athletes do, a lot of musicians do, artists, entertainers. I'm pretty sure the president of the United States has a pretty bad day every now and then. So, you know, everybody has a story, but I don't think we should shy away from opening up and reaching out about it because people who might feel like their voices are not heard on a big platform might feel like they, they can't come out and talk about it but you can and i don't think if you are in a, i think if you are in a bad place you should definitely reach out to somebody and again there's there's lots of ways of doing that and we know that there's charities that do that um, and actually i've been in the process of starting a charity for this this reason Um, And me and my friend Greg who I mentioned earlier were having serious discussions about starting a charity for this Um, so I just want it to be more acceptable, I want people to feel more comfortable talking about this sort of topic to be honest and I think we can help change and save people's lives
0: You're very open now but have you always been like that? Have you always kind of being quite open about your feelings because you've, you've got a really tight-knit family and you're like from from what, what I see very supportive of one another and always there for each other have you always been that open? As a family we've always been very open like you know I don't
1: think I'd ever have any issues with talking to my parents about this or my sisters about how I feel so as a family unit we've always been very open publicly I haven't always been open about it um and I haven't always shared how I feel. Um and I think more recently, more than ever, I've been talking openly about it. Um and part of the reason today I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to talk about him and show, you know, that people do go through certain things and there are certain structures that you can put into your day to day lives that will help, you know, help the days get easier, help the days be better. So that's kind of my aim here, but I don't really have any issues with talking about it and I'm not looking for anybody to pat me on the back for it either. I'm just trying to change a perception that ultimately we as a as a nation and maybe as as the mouse species hold that we can't talk and feel vocal about our feelings. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to explain to you. You know, if you don't want to talk about it, but you're not bettering yourself. In any sort of way then i'm hoping that some of the structures and the things that i have mentioned during this podcast can help you and ultimately if you do do those things on a day-to-day basis they probably will but talking for me is a big release and that's either talking publicly like we are or that might be talking in a in a private space in a private community and there are lots of ways of finding those communities or that might be with a mentor um, who can who you can have those kind of private conversations with too So, I just want people to start getting a bit more vocal about it. Start speaking, and 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 not and not be scared to speak as well. Yeah, and you know, ultimately, let's face it: the people who you feel might judge you from it are either not the people that you think, or you know, not the people that you really need in your life, or maybe they are just the people that you really don't need to associate yourself with. So. You know, I mean, we're talking in a public space now, and I'm sure publicly there's going to be a lot of opinions on what we're talking about. Mostly, the vast majority of them are going to be positive, I have no doubt. But if I'm worrying about anybody that says anything negative, then ultimately I feel more compassion for that person who is more, more, more in the bad spot, because to say something negative across a topic and a subject like this, I don't know what kind of space you have to be in, you know. So I just want people to understand that. Coming out, talking about things like this, even in private, even if you want to keep it private, is a really positive thing. And I want people to, to understand and support that.
0: And I'm not too sure what topic to move on to next because I want to stay on this, but I'm going to ask you two questions back to back. And one's, you, don't ask, you can answer it in as much detail as you want, One's going to be negative and one's going to be positive. I'll start with a negative one. And that is, what's the most difficult place you've been in mentally and how did you get over it? Um, I think probably the most
1: difficult place that I was in mentally was um, when I just left the show. Um, that immediate period for me was really tough because I was young, know, I was like 22, 23. I can't remember exactly how old it was but I was, let's say i was 22 23. um i had a business at the time that ultimately wasn't passionate about and it was probably a bit too big for me to take on at that time you know i was managing nine or ten staff um, i would never been in a position where i had to do anything like that i was managing the books and my relationship had just failed that i had been in for the last few years um, my relationship with my sister had broken down Um, My old, my oldest sister, had broken down, um, and my family unit was quite broken. And I think probably one of the biggest things at that point was I had no idea where I was going to go. I didn't know at this point in time that I was going to go on and be a sports media agent. You know, I was kind of just thinking, I feel stuck, and I feel like I'm in a hole, and I feel like the people that I love around me aren't aren't here. You know, where I need them, and I've lost all of my finances really so that that period for me was probably the deepest the deepest darkest period and that was when i got therapy after that period Um, and i went into that kind of more clinical help i don't think i was ever on the verge of deep depression but if i didn't i knew if i didn't sort it out um and luckily my family supported me in this and i had some really good friends who recommended this therapist to me i knew if i didn't sort this out I was going to most likely dive into a very deep hole that I wouldn't get out of so that was the worst place I've ever been and fortunately enough I kind of come out of it found found out who I wanted to be and kind of moved on and went on to do
0: things but yeah what was the second question so the second one is, is a good one this <laughs> is what's your happiest place in the world oh my happiest place
1: in the world uh would probably be right now would be walking along the beach every day with my fiance and my two dogs is probably the moment that i feel the freest you know i've got a big thing about freedom and that's a whole different topic but that's probably where i feel the most freedom in my day because at that point during the day that's when i know i've cut off work I've cut up any sort of socialization from anybody else apart from Georgia and my two little dogs that I love. And there's something about being close to the ocean, hearing the waves crash, feet in the sand. And I think moving to LA was always a big dream of mine as well. You know, it was always a dream that I've made a reality. And to walk along that beach that, you know, I'd visited a handful of times during my Uh, holidays here and I've seen so many times on TV and in movies to kind of walk along that beach and know that this is it this is my life now that probably really brings me to the happiest place Um, and I'm just fortunate enough that I try and do that on a day-to-day basis
0: I like that it's and it's, it's simple as well isn't it it's like it's a it's a really simple happy place which is nice yeah look I've been I've been around the world I've seen a lot of
1: amazing places um and i've probably got some really good other places that i could probably say you know that was a happy time for me in that place but ultimately um since i've been here and since i've been doing that i haven't needed anything you know i haven't it's free to go to the beach you know no one can no no one can say anything to you charge charge you anything um you know you don't need to put time frame on it you can stay there as long as you want. You can watch the sun come up if you want to, or watch the sun go down, which I prefer. Um, but yeah,
0: that's the that's that for me is the, the happiest place. I like that. And so I'm going to change topic again because I really want to ask about it. But House of Sims, tell me about it. <laughs> What's it all about? Because I I've read a lot about it, and it's been compared to the Kardashians. Is it? Is it going to be like that, or is it a a slightly different concept?
1: Um, It's a different concept to the card. Is it? I think
0: we're different to the
1: Kardashians. That's probably one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Look, I think it's a compliment that people are are comparing us to the Kardashians. They're a huge, huge, iconic brand. Um, Really, the OGs in terms of like being a family unit and creating a reality TV show. So I understand the comparison and ultimately if we can just do just as well as them i'd be really happy you know Uh, but you know i think for us we're just totally different totally different family dynamic uh totally different culture and we're we're from the uk you know they're they're la born and bred they've they've made it big here but we're from the uk and we're moving to la and that in itself is different you know and what we're trying to showcase on the show is that if you've got dreams and aspirations and ambitions to do something then ultimately you shouldn't be afraid or fearful of taking a leap to go and do that so we were lucky enough to have a network only fans tv to to back us and give us the budget to go out and make our dreams a reality um and part of that was moving to la and trying to make it in Hollywood so you'll follow us from um being in Essex at our homes in Essex, which you nobody would have ever seen before, it's a fly on the wall, uh, more raw, more real—the uh, concept of what you've ever seen before in terms of us as a family. There's gonna you're gonna see a different side to us than what you've ever seen on Towie, um, and also you know Chloe, Frankie, and Demi have all, all been on Towie more recently, but I haven't, um, and you're gonna see a big change in my life. And my fiance, who's never been on TV before, she's coming on the show too. She has a big role to play. So you're going to see a completely different dynamic, different, completely different concept. And you're going to see how the Essex culture struggles with the LA culture. And I think that's actually quite, uh, although it's quite humorous in, in some ways, and actually you're going to see a lot of vulnerability. And this is what I like talking about. You know, you're going to see people that have come from a very comfortable certain place back home where we've all got our own houses we've all got our own careers um, we've got a great family unit our parents live there our friends live there so moving right across the Atlantic to the other side of the world where we're all on the one roof where we haven't lived together since we were kids and we've been taken. all of our real comforts have been taken away from us to try and start all over again um, and I think you're going to see a lot of people feeling like they're outside their comfort zone, emotional points during that show where we're going to have to stick together as a family unit um, and really just try and watch people make it just as, you know, relatable as anybody else tries to come here and make it, you know? So it's quite an interesting concept. Um, I think you're going to, again, see a lot of different emotions, happy, sad, uncertain, uh, confidence, insecurities. There's loads going on loads going on um but yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how other people like it uh,
0: for you as well how did it feel go- going back onto reality tv because you've you've had a break of about eight or nine years now so what what was that like for you uh
1: well i kind of always said that i wouldn't return to reality um certainly not in the structure that i was a part of before i didn't want to be a part of a community show so The fact that a family-oriented show came up um, was far more appealing to me. So, yeah, once we got the opportunity, I was like, why not? You know, I'm going to be exploring and living out an experience with my family um, that maybe you might only get once in a lifetime. So I just wanted to try it, see how that went. And actually really enjoyed the first series. I think we all can happily say that that was a really good experience. And we are gearing up for season two, um, which again, I'm really looking forward to. So it was different. It was different. It, it wasn't, it wasn't shot like Taui was shot. Um, it was a bit more, it was a bit more intrusive to be honest, because it was more 12, 14 hour days of cameras following you around, whereas Taui was a bit more, we need you here at this time, at this place. Cameras are already set up, and then once the scene finishes. We pack the cameras away and we go. So, um, it was a bit more all day, you know, watching us around the house, watching us before we go to bed. It was a bit, and to be honest with you, there was, a, there was a lot more periods where in tower you would go and get clamped up to go to that scene. Whereas in this show, it was like there wasn't time for that. Like the cameras were rolling and you were just getting seen as you were. And that was it. So, you know, there's going to be a totally different side to to this
0: show than what anybody's ever seen before. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's a, I, you meant you, I, you mentioned earlier when you, whenever episodes of Towie came out, you were quite nervous because you didn't get to see what it looked like for it before it went out. I'm guessing you won't feel like that with this show. No, no,
1: I have a bit more of a bigger role on the show, so um, I'm a co creator and executive producer alongside my sister Chloe, so we've we've had a bit more of a uh, production role as well, where we get to see the edits and we get to see, because like, you know, when you're shooting these scenes, because they're all day, you just don't know how we're going to piece this together. You don't really know where the storyline is going with reality. It's not like scripted, you know, you have a script and you kind of follow it. And this is the starting point. This is the mid and this is the end. We don't really have that in reality and things can change very quickly. So, you know, we were shooting things and ultimately we weren't at every single scene. You know, sometimes my other two sisters, Demi and Frankie, might be shooting in a completely different location to us. So we didn't really know what they were shooting. So when you get to the edit, you get to see what everybody's been up to and kind of where the storyline's in And you know, there's been times where we've looked at the edit and we've changed things around and we've said that doesn't really work. And it's been a bit of a different role, I have to be honest. Um something that I wasn't particularly used to. I haven't felt particularly comfortable in. Uh, But I've learned so much during this experience and during this period that I'm really ready for Series 2 because although Series 1 hasn't launched, I just know we're gonna do such a good job for Series 2. We know what we was missing in Series 1, and although it's gonna be great to to the person watching it, the audience watching it, I think Series 2 is actually gonna be super
0: exciting because we know what we need to add. That's really cool. I'm, I'm. I'm glad you're excited for it because it's like some I think some people will do like shows like that and be like, oh I'm not, not too sure if I've done the right thing, but like you legit seem proper excited. So <laughs> that's like that's yeah. lovely.
1: Yeah, no, look, I've seen some of the finished stuff. and um, it's looking really good. Everybody's super happy with it. I know, you know, we're kind of we've been a only fans have been super supportive. They've really allowed us to be a part of every single part of this, whether it'll be the concepts, production, the marketing across the show. Like I've just seen all of the marketing um, across how that we're going to launch this thing. So exciting. Uh, I'm going to give you an invite. You should definitely come to some of the stuff that we're doing. Um, and it's just really cool, you know, to, to, to be a part of something this big. Um, and that wasn't to say that the show we were a part of before wasn't because that was a very successful show, but I just feel like as a family, um, and being this involved it's just been a really cool experience so yeah i i am excited for everybody to see it and i think it's going to hit everybody's screen soon we're just trying to touch up and finalize the, the finishing the finishing parts now but we're getting there do you have a date for the uk launch or is that not out yet no it's not it's not out yet um we were looking at march but you know things can change so we're about midway through the editing process, and if everything keeps going smoothly, then um, I would say March is probably looking likely. But well, I also want to give ourselves a good opportunity to market. It, you know, so I want to make sure that we launch this correctly and we get all the marketing that we want to we want to do. So it could be March, it could be early April. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but I'm not putting pressure on myself to kind of say, let's definitely do it for this day. Um, and then it's just a bit of a rush, you know. So I want to want
0: to get it right. Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. <laughs> These are so easy. Walk walk on the beach or climb a mountain. Walk on the beach. Hate heights. Can't do the heights. Oh, really? <laughs> I
1: can't stand the heights. I would much rather walk on a beach any day.
0: And then summer or winter?
1: Summer definitely just moved away from a country that's winter at a time, so yeah. Summer dogs, dogs, dogs for me, a man's best friend. I think you know, cats are very independent, dogs, but very dependent. They need they need people to look after them and they love you unconditionally. Whereas I just don't feel like that with cats. You know, they do like to be given attention, but they're very independent. And just like I said, with the beach, there's something about. Barefoot in the sand, the waves kind of crashing in—that I just love. You know, I've done hiking before, but it's not particularly a comfortable experience for me personally. Some people love it, especially here. There's hills everywhere. Here. People love it, so I'd say beach and then um, can't remember the last one now,
0: but yeah. The, the, the next one is take each day as it comes or plan ahead.
1: Oh, that's a good question, actually. Uh, That is a good question. Because I have a theory that, you know, you have to, I suppose you have to kind of take both of those into consideration. Because to get anywhere in life, you do kind of need a plan, which usually starts with a dream then the dream becomes a plan and then the plan becomes a reality so you do need that some degree but don't I, i guess the important part of that is don't get too lost in you know in the future and i guess this could go back to um don't get too stuck in the past as well because that's a big thing for for people so just try and remember the the moment the current moment that you're in and try and remember it i think that's a big part of Be part of life,
0: and the last one is money or happiness. Um,
1: well, they're saying money can't buy you happiness, and I probably say happiness over anything to be honest. It's probably the morally correct thing
0: to say. Money can buy you a lot of things, but it can't really buy you happiness. Thing is, as well, I feel like when you're happy you're probably more likely to get the money (laughs) that you would that you want to get i guess as well yeah that's
1: probably true i have a weird relationship with money but you will have another conversation about that another day i think you've asked some really good questions i've really enjoyed being on the show um so yeah let me know when it goes live but i mean listen we can We could do something again down the line uh, maybe when the show comes out we'll we'll talk we'll talk again but up to this point i've really enjoyed talking to you and i think you've asked some really some really great questions and i think you should keep doing what you're doing and being vocal about this cause and um you know this i think in particularly a lot of what we've spoken about with men and not being able to speak up and vulnerability and feeling uncomfortable you know these are all things that we should get comfortable with and we should all speak about because it can help change people's lives and save people's lives so i respect you luke for doing that and um, i wish
0: you all the best thanks mate. i really appreciate that it's been um lovely speaking to you and like honestly thanks for being so open because not not everybody is and it's it's just been a great chat i think wicked man well listen i hope you have
1: a a nice evening, and um, yeah, keep me updated on when the show comes out. But it's been a pleasure talking
0: to you. Thanks, Charlie. Um, keep in touch and speak soon. We're good.
1: Cheers, cheers
0: mate. Cheers. Later. Bye bye. Thank you so so much to Charlie for coming on the stress sessions and being really open and honest about his life. I don't think anybody's had that sort of chat with him. Um, not, Not in that depth so it was great to get to know him as a person and kind of what he's been for over the last 10 or so years. If you are struggling with your mental health, please visit the link in this podcast notes. It's an NHS link to lots of helpful information, including some links to some really great mental health charities. So if you are suffering, don't suffer in silence. Speak to people, get the help that you need, um, because I I sat on it for a long time um, and it's not a great feeling. So make sure you, you get some help. The next episode of the Stress Sessions is out on Monday the 10th of April in two weeks time and it's with the fantastic comedian Stephen Bailey. I've not had a comedian on this series so I'm really looking forward to chatting to him and I hope you do too so speak to you then.